This podcast is for mature audiences only. The topics and views discussed are opinions based on personal experience and may change. Some names have been changed or otherwise altered to protect privacy. We do not own or otherwise possess any rights to any of the music played or mentioned during recordings. Hey guys, welcome back. Taboo Tuesday. This is Raven. And I would like to introduce to you my good friend, Mr. Jitney Sneers. How's it going? Uh, well, it's been a hectic week, but yesterday, yesterday kind of made things a little bit better. Yesterday was a fantastic fucking day. Oh, yeah, I'd absolutely agree. Um, it was nice to get all of this uh, put together and uh, try it out, you know. Yeah, it was it was productive, to say the very least. And then I got a surprise visit, so I was pretty excited about that. Very cool, very cool. And then today I got my normal visit, and then we get to do this, and I am super excited to talk to you. I haven't talked to you in what feels like forever. I know, I know. So it was to catch up like well what was for me like the very er, wee hours of the morning um to kind of ham all this out and uh yeah it's it's been a long time man like super long it really has and i want to explain that for anybody who's tuning in wee hours of the morning we are across the country from each other so what you are hearing the quality is not what i i tend to keep as my standard but i think it'll do for now yeah, it's a good uh, solution for the for the moment, you know, um, and acclimating therein to figuring out how to improve quality of life, I guess, and uh, and audio. So, well, absolutely, life uh, yeah. audio. I have, I still have all the equipment. It's just really hard to do across the country, and I have to get some some new wires and stuff in order to make that a thing. Oh, yeah, no, I wasn't talking on your end at all. <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I just, I can't wait to go back to that. I yeah, miss... yeah. So we're doing it kind of guerrilla style. As uh, the only way I know how to do things, so. Well, exactly. And I would like you to go ahead and introduce yourself and let everybody know who and what Jitney Sneers is all about. All right. So I'm um, Jitney, and... Uh... I've been working with writing, with music, God, since I'm like, since I was like 15, um, 33, and look perpetually in teenage years. So I'm um, not sure how that works. What's that? <laughs> I said you kind of do, yeah. Yeah, I know, right? I, I uh, the one, the last job that I had, and it's, it's been a minute, and that was back in uh, where, I'm, where we're from. Um, this guy was like, I told him I was 33, and he's like, no, I don't believe you. He's like, you're full of shit. I'm like, dude, what? there's like no reason for me to lie about this particular age. Um, it's, well, that's right. Like, if you were like 25, it would make sense to like say 25. Right. And really, it's like something I heard a long time ago. It's like you hit 21, and there's like no celebratory like, birthdays left you're just like counting down the days until you die <laughs> i've heard that yeah. and i think it's kind of funny because like i'm not gonna lie mm -hmm. i'm excited to turn 30 this year you know i had a weird like god it was like a one day existential crisis about it like before i turned 30 and i was i uh, was talking to my mom about it and she's like you do realize that like 
30 is really not the same thing anymore. When I was a kid, um, when my mom turned 30, uh, I was eight. So when I turned 30, my daughter is eight. And, um, and I was like, man, you know, I remember making this card for my mom. It was like this stupid, like, just a very poorly drawn mountain. And at the top, I just wrote 30. And then after that, I just wrote, uh, you know, over the hill. <laughs> it was like, in retrospect, I'm like, wow, that was probably really mean. But um, Well, yeah, but it's also over the hill supposed to be 40. But back then, it felt like that's what that was, right? So to get back on topic, um, I've just always been a weird kid that liked literature and music. They were my escapes um, from houses that were abusive in their own respects. Um, the the form of media always made sense to me. Um, literature, especially. I dug into like Poe in like, I think third grade or something like that. And um, it, it, uh, the despondence, the the occasional optimism, but like it felt like stark reality and something that made sense to me. So fast forward to when uh, Nirvana's Unplugged in New York came out and it came into my life. Um, a lot of the big unplugged scene was uh, was just so inspirational to me. And then Bright Eyes, Fevers and Mirrors comes out and I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. So um, I've been working with original music since like 15 years old um, in my own weirdness, which I like to describe as uh, raspy trash acoustic because uh, I'm a horrible guitar player and I'd prefer to never play guitar and just stick with vocals. But um you do what you have to do um, in the area we grew up in. There wasn't the people that were musicians. They just simply didn't want to play. Um, and that's just kind of they, they were in bands and they just didn't want to spread out. So. It's true. I, I kind of noticed that. And for anyone who um, hasn't checked him out, I highly recommend checking out your stuff. Um, as I have said, I don't hide the fact it is not my personal flavor. Uh, <laughs> right it's not very many it's a niche uh niche sound at best so i but i i kind of like it like it's one of those things where i'd probably play it in the coffee shop that i eventually want to open right and you know that's what i've done with shows it's always been um these very small like intimate settings and when i came to where i live now um I got dug into like the the local folk punk scene and and it's just like something that made sense like these just small gatherings i'm not in it for money i could give a fuck less about money or material objects you know um and i just like to really it's it's ultimately uh you know self-entertainment for me <laughs> and uh and if people get offended i like to keep pushing that offense or if they appreciate it then i i like that but it gives me that confidence um with like a wall of, of uh, where I don't feel vulnerable all the time. I often feel vulnerable and anxious and I'm terrible in like social situations, but like it gives me that power. But what's interesting is like, I'll be awkward, go up on stage, do really well, come back off and be super awkward again. You know, it's a self-deprecation at best. You are kind of an awkward being. I really am. I, I say, and being is a good word for that. Cause I like to say things like, uh, I'm an alien in a world in which I do not understand. But uh, to go really quick on, on that, yeah, right. So I would say um, for anybody listening, definitely uh, check out uh, Jitney Sneers, which has a Facebook page, uh, Instagram. And more recently, I would say since August of last year, uh, I started working on YouTube. So I try to upload as regularly as I can. Um, I'm actually, around. What's that? I'm super jelly of your YouTube channel because I have yet to start mine. 
Well, what's funny is I started it like, God, it was like a year and a half ago, but I was like balled out on LSD every day. So I just never did anything with it. And uh, <laughs> so when I, when I got clean, I, uh, I was like, well, fuck, I might as well use it. You know what I mean? And uh, it, it's really been good because I've been able to like plug it in different areas. Um, I'm really bad with uh, like self-advertising, right? You know, cause I feel like I, I feel like I'm being arrogant or egotistical or something like that, but I've gotten better with it. And um, you know, it's, it's good. Like, like I try to upload regularly, but the thing is, is like being a borderline um, I, I go through my moments where I just kind of spend a few days in bed and I don't, accomplish anything you know right um and, uh, you know i've actually found um i my borderline i i struggle with a very similar thing but i i think i found a way to trick myself yeah um i've been doing really well about posting pretty much every day mm-hmm. at least one post every day but sometimes what i like to do is um I like I'll, I'll schedule posts too. Yeah. So that way, um, if they're there, you know, maybe it'll catch me on a good day. Maybe it'll catch me on a bad day, but one way or the other, it still gets posted. Um, and then on top of that, whenever I am, I guess really in a depressive state where I don't get out of bed for, you know, a weekend or whatever. Um, I will do the post from bed. <laughs> yeah, I do a lot of those. <laughs> where I'll post and I'll just kind of be like, you know, I'll even take pictures. Like, this is what I am doing. Like, yeah. I am straight up just hiding in my little miserable cave. Um, well, what's... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that I, I, I really... I, I got to get working on this thing again. Yeah. And I, I'm the same way. And it's funny because friends of mine, they're always like, I can tell like when you're up and when you're down, because when I'm up, I'm shit posting like crazy and it's just memes and it's weird shit. Um, and then when I go in my lows, like Connor Obers comes out and Elliot Smith comes out and all of these great sad boy uh, SoundCloud songs come out. And then I start posting sad poetry again. And it's like a whole thing. And they're like, oh, Jitney's going through it, you know, so. Yeah, well, I, I'm not going to lie. I have, I have seen the fluctuations in there. And I don't see it until after the fact, you know. Um, I talk about this often that with borderline, like, I've understood the pathology since, you know, I was officially diagnosed with it after many misdiagnoses uh, since, like, age 20. So I've had some time to understand it, right? But but in those moments, it's gone. It, it doesn't exist anymore. I don't understand where I'm at, what I'm doing, what is happening, um, and then I'm just there. And, and so it becomes this, like, reflexive defensiveness when, when people are just uh, being like, oh, you're doing this right now. And I'm like, well, no, fuck you. I'm, I, I, all of these feelings are valid, and, and you know, it, it becomes this oh, chaotic presence. I know yeah. exactly what you're saying. <laughs> I do the same thing. Um I, I did notice that like, and even if I, if I look back on it later, I'll even see that, yes, in fact, I was doing whatever they said, but fuck them. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Because no, I wasn't like, even if I was, I wasn't, you can kiss my ass because it's over. 
<laughs> well, and I own up to it because like hindsight's twenty twenty, and then I'll even go back without people telling me, right? You know, and I'll look and I go, oh, oh, but then I won't bring it up. You know what I mean? And and I'll, most of the people that I'm close with now, they don't go in at me and be like, see, I told you, you know, because there's one thing that'll send me right back off the uh, off the rocker again. It's uh, one of those, see, I told you so. I heard those a lot growing up. Yeah, um, I don't like those at all. No, and, and I'll go right back into pissed off or anxious or, you know, whatever, so. Yeah, well, that's the thing is, like, if you bring it up, fuck you. Exactly right, yeah, and that's been, like, I won't apologize. Yeah. Because I, I, will, I will look back on it, and I'll figure it out. I mean, like, I'll know that I was wrong, and I'll decide how wrong I was. And then I'll weigh out everything that you did, too. And we'll see who was more wrong and who owes who an apology because I have a bad habit of apologizing when it's not even my fault. Oh, I'm such an over-apologist that uh, I'll, I'll bump into people. They're like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, like even at shows and stuff. Oh, sorry, sorry. Like 99% of the crux of my conversations are, oh, sorry. You know, and they're like, well, don't be sorry. And then I'm like, I'm sorry for being sorry. I like, know. No, I, really, I hate doing sorry for being sorry. And I mean, like I do that. But yeah. I mean, if it's if it's a, like a, a, a deep cut and it's real. I will apologize if I if if you deserve the apology. Yeah, like, it'll don't. take. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, I'm just saying. Like, I will. Like, I I will definitely. Like, I will sit down and be like, "All right, so, I, I know that I was in the wrong, regardless of the fact that you were in the wrong too. I feel like I could have handled that situation." or I could have been less abrasive you know what I mean like when I apologize I will straight up tell you what I did wrong and why I'm apologizing see and that's a great paradox for me is that that I'll apologize for the dumbest shit all day long and and I'm a lot better with it now when like I own up to stupid shit I'm doing right like when, when I'm objectively like oh Maybe I was being an asshole, you know, but... uh Yeah, like, I uh, probably shouldn't have said that that particular way. If I would have switched these two words, the whole tone would have been different. Right, and so old Jitney would just be like, no, fuck you still, and then I'll sit on it, you know, and now I, I still sit on it, Um and it takes me a couple of days to be like, okay, so maybe I'm, 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 maybe I'm being an asshole, and yeah. maybe I should deal with it, but it does take me a long time still. Um I'm just better at it now than I was when... Like I was, you know, on drugs all the time, man. Like, you know, that's just the the truth of it. You know, I could defend everything that I was doing as a born of a human being as I was, you know. Well, I guess maybe still am from time to time. (laughs) I think I think we all are at some point because I feel like I I guess I feel like we still get into those rageful moods yeah where where we can't we can't control it like i fucking told you i was in a bad mood i've been sitting over here not talking for a fucking reason like don't and then they push and then i blow up and i'm like no fuck you you can apologize because i told you but there have been times where, like, it's been like, oh, wow, that was that was harsh. And I, I'll sometimes I'll say fuck it. Sometimes I'm just like, yeah, I kind of was. I, I really. And then I'll think about it. And I overthink apologies too. I yeah, I overthink uh, all of my life, <laughs> like just consistently. 
Um, so uh, our topic today is, go ahead. Intimacy. <laughs> Intimacy. Yes, yes, yes. Um, just, I, for me, it's, it's being completely naked with your clothes on. Yeah. Um, you know, it was funny, like growing up, I really had a very skewed perspective of the term. Um, I really had always felt, and God, this was, this was really up until, you know, just the earth kept shattering under my feet or I kept smashing my face into a brick wall, hoping it would break through, um, that intimacy was only at the level of like romantic relationships, right? That's the only way that, um, it, it, it was ever perceived to me. So like, I think growing up in like a codependent household on one end and then another end of a, of, of a misogynist, just a real misogynist piece of yeah. shit. Um, I, I, I didn't understand what the term intimacy meant, right? Because like the, the misogynist household was one of those, you know, um, getting called homophobic slurs for dressing the way that I consistently would always dress, which is to push, you know, uh, the, the guidelines, quote guidelines of what men versus women should wear. And I what just do they it was, call that? Gender roles. Yeah, yeah, gender roles. Absolutely. And, you know, for us, like uh, being born in the 80s to being a 90s kid, you know, uh, that was like at the crux of that, like big homophobia. I mean, Matthew Shepard happened, you know. Uh, um, Freddie. What's that? Freddie. No, 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 no. There, remember, there was a big, uh, there was a big shitstorm in Texas of the this kid, Matthew Shepard, who was gay. And he was like, savagely beaten and, and murdered um by people that that didn't like the fact that he was gay oh no was... i didn't i i mean like i i don't remember any of them by name i'm just sitting there yeah. going like that's when people actually started coming out oh yeah no but before that though if you remember there was like a a, a like a psa uh commercial that was like it just like was like 15 to 20 seconds of abhorrent like homophobic slurs and the whole point of that was to show that like toxicity that existed right if you go back and really like watch old films from like the 90s or even the 80s like it was so overtly present right but we don't know oh, yeah i remember i remember i remember the movies and stuff but i don't mm -hmm. i don't remember that commercial oh i i do it was like i got it i want to say it was it I might have been in the early 2000s. Um, I think it was after the Marshall Mathers LP came out and like everybody was freaking out about the uh, the use of the terms in the in the in the music itself. Um, well, see, I, I listened to him, but I didn't pay attention. I, I have never paid attention to that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, neither did I. I'm like, I'm still a huge fan of Eminem, you know. Um, no, I mean, I like, when it whenever it was like, I don't pay attention to the news because 90 percent um, of it is bullshit. It is, but it's like where you get it from, you know. Uh, there's no, there's I mean, like, like the ones that you like. If you get on TV, like, I don't watch yeah. those. No, I, don't no, I don't watch either. the news. I will listen to fifteen different. Like, I there's a there's an NPR podcast. Yeah. That takes the top news story mm -hmm. from like every news source. Yeah. Um. Actually, and this stuff last like that. Well, this last bit of homelessness I had before I got clean, uh, I was staying with this now ex-girlfriend. Um, and, and so she dug listening to like NPR in the morning, but she also dug uh, fucking dudes for drugs. So I guess there was its own paradox. <laughs> That's <laughs> you know? true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, um, but, but, you know, what I really dug and it, it <laughs> reminded me of this teacher I had. Uh, he became like a really good friend of mine. 
And, um, and, and he told me about This American Life. And God, this was back in like 2002, right? And uh, I was like, yeah, I'll check it out. And then I never checked it out because that's what I did. I would, people would tell me shit. And I'd be like, unless it was music, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'll check that out. And then I don't. I'm just, and then they asked me, I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was all right. You know, just totally lie about it. Um, oh, see, I won't even lie about it. I'll just be like, nah, dude, I haven't had time. Well, and I have such, it goes back to the idea of intimacy, right? Like, so I'm so uncomfortable with the fears of confrontation um, that I'll just like to qualm that and, and, and avoid the perception or delusion of confrontation, which 99% of the time probably didn't exist, right? But like growing up the way I grew up, like that was, I just expected that to happen regardless of yeah. the, the conversation or how it was handled. So to deescalate what I perceived as attacks or perceived as potential confrontations, I would just end it. And I still do that, right? Like, like I get freaked out about the idea of confrontation. Um, I, yeah, I've had to explain it to Ricky so many times um, because... I actually had like it it affected my my ability to get off. Yeah. Like I had like a female version of ED. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I had to explain to him like I felt terrible. I'm sitting there going like no, I I'm I like it feels fantastic. I am thoroughly enjoying myself, but I can't. <laughs> and it it was one of those like I got like I, I started having orgasms, but they were yeah. like emotional orgasms and it was weird as shit. And I didn't yeah. know, like, I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out if I'm appropriately, like, am, am I appropriately practicing in this relationship in any way? Shape? Like, what am I, am yeah. I doing something wrong? Like I thought, like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, and I, I don't know, a, but I never had a good example of a functional relationship. Absolutely. And that's like the core of what we learn as kids. You know, uh, that was a big thing before I had left where we were from to, to relocate um, was was having these conversations with people that were like, you know, talked about these these men or, or women of like ill repute that have these like terrible histories, you know, to to take the very extreme abhorrent example of like Adolf Hitler and, and people were just like, he was a fucking monster. He was, he was just, he shouldn't have been born. And what I, my defense to that is like, kids aren't born evil. Kids aren't born like malicious. Like it's the environment that they grew up around. So the environment that I grew up around made me insecure, but made me like crazy, you know, borderlines a trauma-based illness. And it uh, is, they actually, they know they, they can pretty much pinpoint what causes it. If they look right. at your, your childhood. Oh, yeah. Anytime I've had a psyche valve, it's always been like, yeah, you're definitely borderline. And I'm like, I, I know. <laughs> I, yeah, I do thanks. know. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. But, well, you know, I think really what it boils down to is is that intimacy in the end, I think, is a, the most basic boiled down condensed version of it. It's just trust, you know, um, trust in, in, in people in general. And, and so I didn't understand that outside of romanticism you know um because i've always been like this lonely insecure person i grew up again with these codependent families um and so the idea and then you know through verbal you know abuse in its own respects uh felt worthless right you know so like yeah it didn't seem like those levels of intimacy could exist or i had these like preconceived notions of what they could be and they were such like the opposite of what i dealt with you know i think 
a lot of times as kids growing up and, and I've heard it a lot is that, you know, you have these dreams of like these perfect relationships that never have problems. That was how I banged out like a marriage in one year, the following year, my daughter and the third year, my divorce, you know, uh, <laughs> and it was a stark realization. It's like, oh, shit, you know, there maybe they're maybe it's it's not all peaches and cream like the whole time. You know, maybe there's some bullshit involved and it was hard to take. Um, and, and so to take that on the opposite spectrum of the idea of intimacy and friendships or intimacy with trusting another human being with vulnerability, I think it's exactly yeah, what you said. That, that's always my big thing. I think I've said it in previous episodes, actually. Like it's I, I don't trust people and yeah. I don't do vulnerable. No. Yeah. And I don't. And it's, so I talk about this often, you know, um, being here that like. Trust is such a massive issue for me because I felt, I felt, right? I felt that it's been broken. I say felt because sometimes it isn't and I don't know this, right? And I'm learning it now. Um, but feelings are valid, right? I've, I've only been Absolutely. recently been talking about this and being told this, um, that feelings are valid. Any feelings that I have are valid regardless of the, 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 the circumstances surrounding it. Um, and I like to downplay my my feelings is irrelevant right you know and then I just keep putting myself in the same I hate that and I've actually started trying to practice with because I do that too Mm -hmm. like I I I've been trying so hard to figure out like how to stop saying is that okay like yeah is is that wrong like am I not supposed to feel this way like what I never really put that together. That's actually something new for, I didn't, I didn't put that. Or as soon as it's questioned, like, why are you doing that? I'm like, I don't know. Am I not supposed to? Yeah. (laughs) Please tell me. I know. I think the crux of it is like, I never know what to do. I don't know what to fucking do. Right. You know, um, uh, in, in terms of like relationships with intimacy, like I'm so fucking paranoid. And I think a growing up around misogynist, awful human beings that like, I am so paralyzed by fear of and even approaching the the topic of like romantic interest with somebody because like I have this like preconceived notion that it's going to be a taken with rejection, right? And B, not only rejection, but like that I'm going to seem lecherous or like seem just like this skeezy human being and like that the idea of that just is, is frightening right so much to the the point that it's it's a flaw i was just talking about this last night that i've been such an insecure like piece of shit forever that when i got married right before i got married it wasn't even me that asked my my now ex-wife like she asked me right you know and, and by terms of what people believe and especially in like this conservative area that both you and i grew up in that was unheard of you know that was just unheard of so of course everybody's like what do you mean you know um but like the crux of it. And then that was like in its own right. I was like, this is perfect. Right. Um, and, and so I took uh, my own insecurities and kind of like rolled out with it because I was like, I always challenged these ideas anyhow, because I thought they were ridiculous. So she worked full time. I stayed home and cleaned and I cooked and I made sure everything was done. And they're like, well, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. And I'm like, but why does it have to work this particular way? I've never understood that. Like, she doesn't want to stay home and do this. Right. It's like that patriarchal nonsense. It's just existed forever. To go back to like kings and queens, you know. Um, and that's so never see, really I am changed. not going to lie. 
I loved being the stay-at-home wife. Yeah, no, and I love being at home because I'm batshit crazy and I don't acclimate. Like, I can hold a job for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's what I mean. Happens. Like, it would yeah. be so much easier to just be like, okay, well, I didn't go grocery shopping today because I just couldn't tolerate the idea of people. Yeah. So I went ahead and just whipped up something cheap for dinner. I will force myself to go to the, the grocery yeah. store tomorrow. And it is but a I force, just made my books. I just wanted though. to crochet. Right. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. So, like, nowadays, like, I'm like, oh, I sewed a patch on, you know, I did last night. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I, just, like, I feel yay! so accomplished, right? Because there's a lot of times I just don't, I can't leave, you know. It's just, I, I try to, and I try to at least get out once a day for, for an hour. But sometimes I don't, you know. Sometimes I'm holed up and I hermit up, you know. It's just um, something that feels safe for me. And, and a lot of people will like to use that it's a it's avoidance. But I don't believe that. I, I, I believe that we learn our defense mechanisms from our own illness. And sometimes that's just the only way to deal with it. You know, uh, for me, if I get so strung up in my shit and I, and I, and I just can't get out, the only thing I can do is like take a visceral pass out, sleep for a while. Sometimes it's like two days I have to do this. And then like by the third day or the fourth day, I'm good. I wake up and I'm like, all right, life isn't so bad right now. So cool. I made it out. <laughs> Well, yeah. And I, I guess, I don't know. I, with my borderline, I also, I was diagnosed depressed before I was diagnosed borderline. Oh yeah, me too. I, I've been in the psychiatry system since I was eight years old. Now the, here's my hang up with that right off the grip is that through my own nursing experience and education, um, the brain isn't even fully developed then, right? You know, and so we were thrown on meds kind of early. And, uh, and the idea that a, a child with not a fully developed brain and then a brain with trauma, um, it stagnates your growth, right? Your, your emotional growth. And yes. so for a long, and still, man, there's still, I feel like, like I'm just that little fucking kid that like doesn't understand love but understands abuse but doesn't understand why i don't yeah don't like we get love. the dark side of the brain but mm -hmm. i don't and that i've actually i think i've actually said that to ricky yeah. i think i actually said that i know that i love you yeah. and i like i feel it like i can physically feel my emotions yeah i know what they feel like i just don't know what's appropriate right and see and that's a big thing for me right so when people start but i mean like i never saw the draw to it yeah yeah oh yeah i did ever for me it was like like so the the it was the allure man like when i got into like grunge at a really early age you know i was like this makes sense this nihilism this like live fast and burn the fuck out uh, ethos, like made sense to me. So at that time I had that notion, like that's what I'm gonna do. Like, I'm just gonna do that. And I, and I cranked out into that addiction really fucking quick, you know? Uh, and that was my only way to deal with it. And I go, you know, dealing with feelings of rejection um, in, in friendship, in romantic relationships, whatever, um, you know, that was my way to just blur everything out and just not exist. Like uh, the more I could sleep or, or count down my days of existence, like I was okay with that, you know, um, because again, yeah, man, like, you know, actually when uh when my ex was pregnant with my daughter you know um it was a very very hard pregnancy you know we had like a false positive for um down syndrome she had to have an amniocentesis done and then a second one done 
Um, and our daughter was born like emergency C-section. But up to that point, there was she was so stressed, like my ex-wife. And like, I just couldn't be there. And then I didn't know how to de- deal with the stress, right? Like uh, emotionally couldn't be there. And so I didn't know how to deal with the stress. So like I was drinking like mad at the time, you know, like it was the only way that I could uh, um, deal with it because I didn't know how. I couldn't talk about it because like I would just cry. So I deal with that still. Like if, I, if my head's all fucked up and I don't like that's, to cry in front of people, I don't want to, I can't talk about it, you know. Uh, that's, that's one of my, I guess technically, technically it's a binge. Yes. Yeah. So that makes it self-harm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess that's like when when my emotional state gets to the point where I can't handle it anymore like I don't know what's happening I will get myself drunk because I know drunk yeah yeah that makes sense I understand drunk right I can handle drunk drunk will keep me fucking not killing people and worst case scenario it'll keep me crying and puking until I can handle this shit because I can't process this right now. Well, see, and I did the same thing for years, right? But there was like a, there was a threshold that was crossed and it was, it, it was crossed. And then I kind of went back uh, on the other side of it again. And uh, it was like, it worked until it wasn't working anymore because I was getting fucked up and it like wasn't changing shit. Like in my head, I'm like, oh God, like this is now I just feel worse. Right. You know? Um, And that was like after my overdose at 16 and then it kind of went away for a little bit because I went back to like despondently wanting to die. Like not that that went away. It just became an obsessive thought again. And it wasn't until my last year of use, which, you know, I, I, I got clean last year that like, nothing was working I mean nothing was working I was a wreck regardless and I was suicidal regardless and like nothing there I wasn't escaping shit anymore like it was still very much present in my brain even balled out on hallucinogens or or or, or just high in general um they didn't go away man and and uh, I took like a final breaking point when I was like oh shit okay so this doesn't work anymore and and I think I'm probably gonna die from this like I'm probably just gonna kill myself and and I didn't want to do that right because I I felt completely loveless I remember having an uh this conversation with the ex-girlfriend I was with before I came out here and um I had this like terrible interaction with my mom. Now, mind you, I was still actively using it uh, at that point. Um, so, uh, and, and it was like the dumbest thing. It was about appearance or clothing or something like that. And I freak out and, and we get back and I'm like sobbing and I'm like, and she's like, do you think your mom loves you? And I'm like, I just sob and I'm like, no. And I fully believe that, right? I fully believe that I had, like I did I always say like I didn't burn bridges like I stuck C4 under them and fucking just destroyed like eviscerated them you know there was nothing left of it and so I felt that I'd done that with uh with the with the only people that had my back the whole time and I just couldn't see it like my sister and my mom you know um and when I've come out here like I talk with them regularly now and and it's good it's never like it never escalates immediately to me screaming Good. about like being like oh well i didn't ask to be born so like fuck you for doing that <laughs> you know right, but it, right. goes, it goes back to like learning intimacy like all over again in general and, and again i struggle with that outside of like the idea of romantic relationship it goes back yeah, to trust, oh, absolutely. Man, you know? but i think right now would be a really good time to go ahead and take a minute to hear from our sponsors absolutely okay just pick up where you left off <laughs> So the idea of, um, of intimacy is, is still something I struggle with. Trust is a huge thing. And it's really funny because like, I'll talk about that. Right. And it's with people that I already trust. And they're like, well, yeah, but you trust me. And I'm like, 
but yeah, but that's like the, these have these have been definitions that have been clearly defined in my head. Um, I can't like walk in and be, you know, I can be nice to people right off the grip and be like, oh, hi, how you doing? And because it's a short interaction, it ends and then that's the end of it. Right. I go and they go. But I don't call people, you know, like that. I that I don't know very well or that I don't talk to very much or that I don't feel that I can acclimate. Oh, to I, your first message to me ever <laughs> was awkward as shit. <laughs> oh, no, it was just like it was so different from most of the messages that I get, especially that particular time frame oh god yeah no because i was getting dick pics with like every single message and i I think that was something that i touched upon too is like the whole thing of like like uh, (laughs) i see like i was seeing you're just like comments on posts just the most thirsty ass shit i'd ever like saw Uh, dude it is and it's no different like i talk to friends of mine that are that are female here and i always like to joke right later on like yeah like that's not stopping like like anything that's I mean, you could just like post a fucking like picture of your floor and they're like yo that's the best floor ever bro it makes me feel really weird to post yeah. stuff because i mean like sometimes i think my legs look really good and i'm a photographer so i take pictures and yes taking pictures of my body makes it easy for me to learn how to pose which makes it easy for me to direct people right so as a female with social media like how do you deal with that i think that that was something you know and and i think that goes to its own intimacy issues or, or whatever um well i'm I guess I would have to say like I, my my intimacy issues because I, I think I think it's I think it's due in large part to the fact that I didn't do drugs. Right. Um, I had to deal with my emotions. So like emotionally speaking, I'm much older than a lot of people. Right. That are my age. And I know this about myself and I can see it. And I think that's why I always date at least a couple of years older mm-hmm. or I, and I much prefer like five to 10 years older. Yeah. 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 <laughs> gonna lie. I prefer like five to 10 years older than me. Right. Because we connect better. Yeah. Uh, and I just feel like I, I get it. I must be pretty. <laughs> hey, thanks. What the fuck does that do for me? Because it's never done anything but cause me problems. Yeah, just, you just get endless dick pics in your, in your DMs. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. The dick pics have started to um, dissipate That's since good. I announced that if you send me your dick, there's a really good chance I'm going to blast it all over the internet. See, and I have friends that do that, and I think it's fucking amazing, right? Or, or I have a friend of mine that... um she's unabashed with like the shit like if people slide into the dm her dms and like she's not comfortable and it's lecherous like she'll just straight screen cap the, the messages and like post it you know and i well, think see, it's i won't do the messages because i just flat i just call them out yeah 
Well, see, I, I think that part is funny because at that point, like, you can call people out. And this is, like, my perspective on this. And it's, like, as a male, I think it's hilarious because I don't have that, like, toxic masculinity. I'm not, like, the – I'm not even remotely, like, alpha in that regard. You know what I mean? Like, like Oh, I, see, I'm, really I'm a total not, alpha. Yeah, I'm the opposite <laughs> of that. So I also like to watch the world burn. I mean, I, I thrive in that. Oh, I absolutely. You, oh, no, no joke. But yeah. there's a different way to go about making the world burn. And right. I'm a little bit more in your face about it well yeah and, and, but to me like like screenshotting like a conversation that's been fucked up and then having that like not even buying into it in those in the actual like messages themselves and then screen capping it and be like hey why you got to be a dick like like and she would like tag people in this post these posts and i loved it so much because like it, it shows the awareness to me of like social media and not that it's like un unknown but it's kind of one of those things it's like it's joked about but not talked about you know and joking and talking are two different things and i know that oh, because i joke 99 percent of the time when really i feel like shit inside you know until i'm oh my god i know try explain and that's why I, I think that's why i feel so bad um because that's that's a big thing for me in relationships yeah is i hate pretending yeah i don't pretend so if i feel like shit and you're seeing me outside of the general vicinity of work or public, I'm going to let myself be miserable. Yeah. If I hurt, I'm going to let myself be hurt. If I need to cry, I'm going to let myself cry. I'm not, I don't, I, it's the only time I don't feel like I have to hide is when I'm in my own little bubble. Well, so yeah. if you want to be in my bubble, you either need to, act accordingly to whatever mood I'm in <laughs> or just go somewhere else. My problem is that I'm like, I'm the polar opposite of that. You know, like, like I don't like being vulnerable in places that I don't feel are appropriate to be vulnerable. Like, no, and, that's and what I mean. like if I'm not, if I'm not in my own little bubble, yeah, I won't, you won't know. Well, and even like close relationships though, like, like I keep it as downplayed as possible. I think friendships are a lot more with that than, than like romantic uh, interests or relationships or whatever. I, I feel that there's enough of a trust to be vulnerable in that capacity. But with like friendships, man, it freaks me out because oh, like, no, friendships, friendships, I'm still there's different levels of friend, right? And um, different level of friend has different level of access to my bubble. Well, there's. It, for me, it's like it's nobody. It's not until I feel comfortable enough to like that I've I've de-escalated enough or that I'm 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 okay enough that I can like talk or whatever you know. But like like my roommate has been like a godsend in the, in that regard. Like like because if I'm in my shit and like she understands and is patient. And the last person I lived with, he was like the same way. It took time to understand my process, you know. And rather than keep poking or or, or rather than be like, just get right. out of and it, it's you know? very rare to find in my experience. Oh God, yeah, it's it's super hard because like I think like, that mental illness. It's not that it's not understood, but it's not understood. You know what I mean? Like it's the great right. paradox. We know it exists. Uh, people know it exists, but don't understand it in the uh, confines of of relationships or intimacy. Even like like that, it's one of those things that they're like, well, you know, they don't understand it, and I can be like, well, just read about it. Fuck, like just fucking educate. Yeah, yourself, yeah. You know? that's always been my big thing because like my my mom, she's yeah. flat out said she hates psychology. Right. She hates it. And I'm sitting there going like, well, you got mental health issues right. that you passed on to my brother and I. So um, 
what the fuck, female? You might want to figure that shit out because yeah. we're always going head to head with you and there's two against one and it's not going to stop because the brother and I, like, we have an understanding. Yeah. We know that you're fucked up in the head. Right. Like, we know because we are and, you know, well, and you know, walks like a duck and it quacks yeah. like a duck, it's probably a duck. Right. And see, like, the thing is, is, like, when people, even the, so the point of that is that the people that are even close, like, family was no different, even, like, people that I dated or, or, or my ex-wife, you know, I put on such a face for so long because I just didn't want to, my idea was there, or, like, my, my great delusion of that, and I still deal with it, right, so it still is great delusion, is that, like, as soon as I expose, like, those ugly, like, what I perceive as, like, ugly parts of my personality or ugly part, like, my flaws, um, then like it's the beginning of a process of slow rejection right and then when i do that and then i feel that way i'll self-sabotage like crazy you know and i don't realize i'm doing it like i just like emotionally check out i start to be a dick or like you know whatever and it's because like it's it's definitely my own fault because i like hide my feelings so much and it's it's the perception of fear i definitely i've definitely been at that uh in that place of my journey um and if I if I let my mental health go badly enough, mm-hmm. um, like if I don't catch myself or if something happens and I it's like back in 2016, like yeah. shit happened and no. And like I was talking to my dad about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did check out. That was I went on a binge drinking thing. I was sober enough to drive from home to work. Yeah. Very, very rarely actually drove myself home. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I usually had to get a ride to work, but I could have driven myself, but I was never sober. And I I did that so that way I could process a little bit faster because I, I mean, like, didn't re- I mean, like I had my brother and my mom and my dad, but like my dad and I, like I'd go over to my dad's and he'd look at me and go, what's wrong? And I went, well, she died. He died. Another one died. Grandma and grandpa been in and out of the hospital. And oh yeah, my husband left. Yeah. It's been three weeks. I think I'm, I'm done. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's always like the dumbest shit that throws me over the edge too. You know, like, like I can like sit there and I, I process like ridiculous traumas, you know, that have gone on. Most of the time, and I yeah. Dissociate right yeah. through them. But like I wake up and I stub my toe and I'm like, well, the day's fucked. I hate everything. Oh, I'm going back to bed, you know, like <laughs> it's just straight there. that. I'd say zero to a hundred, right off the grip, you know. Um, and and my levels of anxiety um are usually pretty consistently high, and and so um couple that with feeling unable to talk or or be completely just bare boned. I mean, I because I think it's almost a curse to a, a degree. It's the 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 curse of a blessing of writing right being an author um and because like, you know I, can... I have heard that before yeah. it was in awkward have you did you ever hear of that it's a it's an mtv series i don't know it's it's basically all of the stuff that a teen it's it's high school per like just a little exaggerated yeah well, yeah, and, and it's funny, though, because things like that, like, um, you know, I I lived on the idea of, like, those, like, 
fucked up dark satirical sitcoms because in my brain like that's so extreme to like everybody else and i'm like no i understand all of this because I yeah, right, right. Well, like, this is this reality puts, like, a, it puts like a, a funny twist on like a like it, it makes it funny yeah but um i'm the same way so like i i laugh at the really funny parts but the rest of it i just kind of like all right like yeah, i'll keep watching it so yeah. i've watched it but um at one point she makes a comment about how she really wanted to be a writer and some, I don't know, big name writer. I can't remember who they were. I, I think they used someone real, but I don't know. Um, she was like, are you crazy? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know. Because it's a, it's a, it's a constant roller coaster. Like it, it really is because yeah. it, you feel everything so strongly. Oh God. Yeah. And, and so for me, because I've always used like metaphor and, and allegory, um, it's hard. Like, so when, when I, when I have to be like face to face and talking and it's not, I'm not hidden behind paper, I'm not hidden behind a screen with writing on it. You know, um, I, I don't know how to be, just focused on on what to the core I'm dealing with like I'll go off on tangents and I'll uh, I'll be super abstract you know um uh and they're and I've had people be like no you're you're not you're not even talking about like what what you're what you're saying like you're saying a lot of things but it's all this really abstract you're not really dealing with things right and I never really thought about it until coming out here and and getting called out on it uh and not in like that aggressive way and that that very understanding and compassionate way but like it's hard for me to even recognize that that's a problem because I'm really good at talking I'm really good at this whole public demeanor and a lot of that goes back to performances whether it be like poetry readings or or you know playing music um but when it comes down to bare bones feelings and like not having some kind of distraction in the in the in the meantime of that, like um, not having some barrier or not being like that focus of attention where I want to just spill my guts. You know, I said for years, like poetry readings for me is like, I'm bleeding on your feet. Are you entertained? You know, like and I thrived in that, but I don't thrive in that in like one to one conversation. I don't thrive in that in, like these personal things because I don't like feeling vulnerable like that. And that's yeah, what intimacy yeah, becomes a huge I do that. That that's I guess I guess that's part of the reason why like I've always uh, I got terrified when I went to publish my book. Yeah. Oh, I'm okay, still so- terrified of it. You and I were talking about that uh, the other day with like poetry stuff, and I'm like, I don't fucking know how to do it, and there's probably money I- involved, and I'm just a poor, crusty kid, so I don't. Know I would do absolutely it. love to help you. Yeah, yeah. That I really, I, I, I am excited to help you, but it's. I like I and the thing is is like I I started writing it and like I had it I had it to where the story was finished but it needed more right right well then all of that emotional shit happened Mm -hmm. and I went on a binge drinking bender and then I think that lasted like a month. Yeah. Or two. Yeah. You know, it was a couple of months. Oh, I know. Um, I was chugging down. I guess, you know what? No, it would have been October and then is when it would have started. Mm-hmm. And then November is when it would have peaked. Yeah. And then uh, December, I left 
and went down south and drank way less but still had a few around the fire yeah you know what i mean like it was i would i'd sit there and i'd have a couple of drinks every now and again but that's pretty much what it is now yeah well when i got um when i when i got separated from my ex-wife who we were still married at the time she just like kicked me out and that was like the beginning of the end of that i it was like september of 2007 and i started throwing back uh half gallons of vodka um like every two days by myself and like so i had this like bottle of you know very bottom tier like remember you know vladimir vodka you know <laughs> like i'd like throw that yeah. shit down like it was i never even chased it with shit like i just like drank and i sat at my laptop and i wrote um i didn't know what the fuck social media was back then and that was like when myspace was still a big thing and so like oh yeah i didn't I I didn't write yeah. until I started processing. Yeah, well, I did. Because, like, like, until I started drinking less. Mm-hmm. And then I went on this whole big thing and gave it, like, this really dark... I'm... What's it? Okay, so there's a... There's a... Uh, but, I mean, like, I never saw the draw to it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I did. Ever. For me, it was, like, like so... The, the It was the allure, man. Like, when I got into, like, grunge at a really early age, you know, I was like, this makes sense. This nihilism, this, like, live fast and burn the fuck out uh, ethos, like, made sense to me. So, at that time, I had that notion. Like, that's what I'm going to do. Like, I'm just going to do that. And, and I cranked out into that addiction really fucking quick, you know? Um, and that was my only way to deal with it. And, I, you know, dealing with feelings of rejection um in, in friendship in romantic relationships whatever um you know that was my way to just blur everything out and just not exist like uh, the more i could sleep or or count down my days of existence like i was okay with that you know um because again yeah, man like you know, actually when uh when my ex was pregnant with my daughter you know um it was a very very hard pregnancy you know we had like a false positive for um down syndrome she had to have an amniocentesis done and then a second one done um and our daughter was born like emergency c-section but up to that point there was she was so stressed like my ex-wife and like i just couldn't be there and then i didn't know how to deal with the stress right like uh, emotionally couldn't be there and so i didn't know how to deal with the stress so like i was drinking like mad at the time you know like it was the only way that i could uh um deal with it because i didn't know how i couldn't talk about it because like i would just cry so i deal with that still like if if my head's all fucked up and i don't like to cry in front of people i don't want to i can't talk about it you know uh, that's that's one of my i guess technically technically it's a binge yes so that makes it self-harm yeah 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 so i guess that's like when when my emotional state gets to the point where i can't handle it anymore like i don't know what's happening i will get myself drunk because i know drunk yeah yeah that makes sense i understand drunk right i can handle drunk drunk will keep me fucking not killing people and worst case scenario it'll keep me crying and puking until I can handle this shit because I can't process this right now. Well, see, and I did the same thing for years, right? But there was like a, there was a threshold that was crossed and it was, it, it was crossed. And then I kind of went back uh, on the other side of it again. And uh, it was like, 
it worked until it wasn't working anymore because I was getting fucked up and it like wasn't changing shit. Like in my head, I'm like, oh God, like this is now I just feel worse, right? You know? Um, and that was like after my overdose at 16. And then it kind of went away for a little bit because I went back to like despondently wanting to die. Like, not that that went away, it just became an obsessive thought again. And it wasn't until my last year of use, which, you know, I, I, I got clean last year that like, nothing was working i mean nothing was working i was a wreck regardless and i was suicidal regardless and like nothing there i wasn't escaping shit anymore like it was still very much present in my brain even balled out on hallucinogens or or or, or just high in general um they didn't go away man and and uh, i took like a final breaking point when i was like oh shit okay so this doesn't work anymore and and i think i'm probably gonna die from this like i'm probably just gonna kill myself and and i didn't want to do that right because i i felt completely loveless i remember having an uh this conversation with the ex-girlfriend i was with before i came out here and um I had this like terrible interaction with my mom. Now, mind you, I was still actively using it uh, at that point. Um, so, uh, and, and it was like the dumbest thing. It was about appearance or clothing or something like that. And I freak out and, and we get back and I'm like sobbing and I'm like, and she's like, do you think your mom loves you? And I'm like, I just sob. And I'm like, no. And I fully believe that. Right. I fully believed that I had, like I did, I always say like I didn't burn bridges. Like I stuck C four under them and fucking just destroyed, like eviscerated them. You know, there was nothing left of it. And so I felt that I'd done that with uh, with the, with the only people that had my back the whole time, and I just couldn't see it. Like my sister and my mom, you know. Um, and when yeah. I've come out here, like I talk with them regularly now, and and it's good. It's never like it never escalates immediately to me screaming yeah. about like being like oh well i didn't ask to be born so like fuck you for doing that <laughs> you know right, but right. It, goes, it goes back to like learning intimacy like all over again in general and, and again i struggle with that outside of like the idea of romantic relationship it goes back yeah, to trust, oh, absolutely. Man, you know? but i think right now would be a really good time to go ahead and take a minute to hear from our sponsors absolutely a, a writer in new york mm-hmm. who read it and I, I still talk to her from, from time to time. And uh, she's always telling me that she really likes it. Yeah. Like, she was like, no, it's really creepy. She was like, it keeps you on the edge of your seat. And she was like, and I, she was like, I really think you should, you know, submit it and try to get it into a publishing house and I, I have been considering it, but yeah. I sit there and I go, but I haven't gotten a bad review yet. Right. <laughs> I need, I need that bad review so I can see what the, what it's well, be. And, and you know, that's just funny. So, to, so I get on, I get on MySpace. I remember hearing a, So when, when my ex and I were still married, uh, she had a friend that was telling me about, you know, MySpace, and I was on some angry diatribe of, um, how I hated things like LOL or LMAO. And I'm like, it's fucking stupid. Just type your fucking words. Now I'm very yes. guilty of it. I am so guilty of that, right? Like I use it and it wasn't until a stupid MMORPG and I had a character limit that I started using it. It took a game to get me to be like, oh, okay. So I probably should use this. <laughs> so anyways, I have MySpace. I, I set one up and I love that it was like, I was, it was uh, customizable. So of course it's dark as shit. And I've, I've always... You know, it's uh, sort of been the crux of my personality, so to speak. And so um, I wrote just drunk. Like I would get up uh, at like 11 a.m. and just start throwing back vodka. I'd black out. I would continue to write. Um, And so I joined this poetry group back then because I I was like, yeah, man, I'm fucking great. I'm 
good, right? You know, I'm good. They're going to read my shit and be like, yeah. And it was the only time. And again, I think it was that chemical confidence, right? Because I, 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 oh, yeah, you know, absolutely. and alcohol did that for me, right? Like there wasn't anything else that did. I was usually pretty insecure other than that. But alcohol is a great, like muscle builder. It right is. It and I think, that's, is, I think that's true for like pretty much everybody yeah. because liquid courage. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Liquid courage. That's exactly. why. Yeah. That's why when I'm in social situations, yeah. uh, if it's not like an intimate one to two, three people. Yeah. If I'm going to be expected to be around more than three people at a time, yeah. I need to be like, I need to at least have cigarettes or. Yeah. Or I need to smoke my pipe yeah. or or I need to. I preferably have a couple of drinks. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> because if I have a couple of drinks, I can make it last longer, and I do enjoy my time. It's yeah. just I don't I don't people well. Yeah. No. I yeah. I definitely don't. And that's what I did forever. So nowadays, it's just like I end up, you know, smoking too many cigarettes or whatever, you know. And it's like keeping my hands busy or keeping me distracted to a degree. But anyway, so I was all excited. I joined this poetry group, yeah. and there was this guy um, from two hours south of where we grew up that was like. He would just, I mean, he would lamb, he would just go hard into it. And I remember I'd be like angry and drunk and like screaming, or not screaming, but type screaming, I guess, you know, like, like, fuck you, what do you know? He's like, well, you know, I'm a well-published poet and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, yeah, but fuck you, you know? But like, I can look at it now. And, and it was when I got clean, I was going through my old rights that were from the MySpace days and they were so bad uh, they were they were grammatically bad. And for me, as someone who's write, written forever and, and is really good with editing, is really good with grammar and mechanics, I was mortified, right? The imagery I loved, right? But it was it was that it was so murky and it was so clouded and it was so just, uh, it was a shit show, right? You know, so I went through and uh, in the beginning, I just had to keep myself distracted uh, when I got clean because like my brain was anxious and I didn't know how to deal with life. And like, so I just like edited old things, you know, um, and I was like kind of writing I, had, I don't think I had written at that point or maybe I wrote my first piece when I got clean um, because I was like legitimately scared taking chemicals out of the equation was just going to kill my creativity um, but like to go back into it I was like wow this is really bad like and again I didn't think in terms of content but in terms of how it was presented was just absolutely terrible you know um, it was it was just a, a, a terrible thing. And so I was going through old rights today and um, and it's it was so uh, exciting that the whole thing was on intimacy because uh, I was going through there was like a, there's a song that I or I always took poetry and I converted it into um, into um, song. Right. Because I'm, I'm just I don't I'm weird about the idea of chorus. I'm weird about the idea of of you know, rhyme scheme. Um, and I, I see that there's like old pieces that I still did that even after the uh, first journal that I burned into oblivion, you know, but not first, but not before like ripping it into tiny shreds because I'm a rational human being like that. But um, <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. also very rational all the time. Yeah, exactly. So there's a there's a uh, this part that uh, I went in um, and I and I read and it's it really it, it it is the crux of my issues with like intimacy or fears of rejection. It was just says, uh, you know, I just want to be loved. Even if I have to die for it, I just want human feelings so I can understand the world. And that was like, at like 15 years old, man, you know, um, I, I, I was like, I was so in belief that like all I had to do, like if nothing else was just die. And then maybe there's that, you know, uh, like post-mortem, you know, it's, it's kind of like the idea of how like writers, 
you know, they, they have the tendency or artists in general, like they don't get the notoriety or the, um, not even notoriety. I don't think that that's the right term. I mean, I guess, but like, for me, it was like the, the, the understanding that like, I could like ice myself and then I'd have these journals of just absolute like sadness. And I didn't think that anybody understood that it existed. I do think people did realize it existed. They just didn't know how to deal with it, you know? Um, but in my head at those times, man, like that's all I knew. Um, all I knew was the the feelings of loneliness and the feelings that I was isolated in a world that I don't understand. And I still get that way, but it's a little better now. You know, it's like, it's not as bad. Well, see, I got so fortunate and I like, and I know that I was fortunate. I had my brother mm-hmm. and granted there was a, there were a few years there for a little while yeah where we did not get along but it was we were both pretty much going through puberty yeah and he was starting to play with you know recreational yeah yeah usage of substances i'm sure but for the most part or even then i mean like if i absolutely needed him i never doubted Mm-hmm. that he'd be there so i mean like that's probably part of the reason that i have such an i mean he's a he's an enormous part of the reason that i have the coping skills that i have because he coached me when i was a kid yeah when all this stuff was first starting so i mean like i already kind of had an idea i just had to keep practicing you know it's funny though because like so when I was really young, my sister and I um, had had this amazing closeness. And I think it was because, you know, there was such a shit show going on around us that like we had nobody else. There was nobody else that understood the situation. And right, certainly our exactly. parents who were the, the, the main crux of those feelings of like not understanding and they did the best that they could. But like we went through three different custody battles in a very short amount of time. Um, so like me and my sister were like all we had, but then like puberty hits. Right. You know, and I, I, I hit that like fucking super rebellious aspect of my life. Right. You know, it was like, it was, I could be told to do something and not only would I not do that, but I would do such the polar opposite of it, even if it meant like destruction of self. And so, um, my sister who, who, who it wasn't until man, like, like my mid twenties, her and I were talking and she's like, I tried so hard to like be somebody that like you wanted to be around or like I, I I really looked up to you and I just wanted to be you and it never made sense because like I always thought of myself as this abhorrent piece of shit and I looked at my sister who was younger than me right that she had like she was like doing shit you know what I mean like she was doing shit and like I'm like why would you even want to fucking be me man like I hate life all the time um I have no but it was like it, it was simple shit like like she was just simply forgotten about from our father, you know, uh, uh, you know, that, that, that they pre praised me. He called me his like prodigy growing up. Right. You know, he was really in the cult leaders and, and the form of manipulation. And I got really good at that. But like my sister was kind of like that shadowed character, you know, like the ninth Brady, you know, and like, um, and it was like, I, I didn't see it. And I definitely didn't see it at like 13 years old. Right. So like me and her just, or I'm just a, a horrible human being to her, you know? Um, and, and, and that carried on for a long time. Like I, I felt like my growth was being copied, you know, that, that whole fucking stupid mindset of like your poser, you know what I mean? Like, like I definitely yeah. fully believe that. And it wasn't until, um, when we really got close again, it was like, we went to, um, a step family's grandfather's funeral and like her and I have been on the same and I didn't know this until that day um 
you know, thing about religion and, and how we just think it's a, an abhorrent shit show. You know, religion is, and now I see spirituality as two different things. Spirituality and religion are two vastly different things. Religion is- Oh, the, very different right. things. And that's why I always, everybody goes, well, aren't you religious? And I'm like, no. Yeah. Like, I use different terminology right. to express how I feel about what I'm talking about. Like, I'll say goddess. Yeah. Because it's the feminine side of balance yeah. that's making me feel this. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so... You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I have no problem saying, oh my God, but don't you think for one goddamn second that I think that there's only one? Right. Well, and I don't even think of them... I, I don't even think of it as a god. Like, yeah. I, there's no humanoid anything about it. It's a force. Right. And, and so... At that point, you know, I'd always felt and I, I have more clarity with what I was feeling like, like religion is the, the perversion of spirituality for by man. You know, this is why it you is. Can, you That's can a good way down. to put it. Yeah. I've never I've never really quite put it like I've never really known how to explain. I can explain it. I just never knew how to word it. Right. Well, I mean, if like you look it, at the. It's- yeah, I mean, it's the you, perversion of yeah. spirituality. Yeah, because if you look at it, like the, the basic texts of any kind of uh, spiritual figure in life, uh, or, you know, the, the, what people believe, it's all the same thing. It's all empathy for the universe. It's all love, man. And what happens is when man gets the interpretation therein, it becomes what man wants, right? You know, this is why I have a hard time like the bible is not god's word the bible isn't you know what i mean because in the end it was written oh by it man. can't be no no there's no way it is because kings were having people beheaded for writing down stuff they didn't like and well and i don't even mean beyond that like like go go to the actual writing itself it's coming from man it's not coming from the spiritual concept it's not coming from i haven't you know, read it in um, a very very long time right. so but my point but that's what is, i like, mean like yeah. that's uh there was there was a what it was Caesar Mm -hmm. Caesar decided that um, he was the only person who was allowed to have more than one wife. Right. So he had the churches say that it was against the Bible. Right. And the ills of man are boiled down to greed, Um, greed and notoriety. It did. He didn't want anybody else to be able to have more than one wife, even if they had the money for it. Right. So they were allowed to go to the whorehouses. Yeah. But they weren't allowed to have more than one wife. Right. And and so when I speak on spirituality in that term, it's always because, um, you know, look at the Dhammapada, um, Gautama, um, because I, I, you know, uh, I I follow like Buddhism as the spirituality and the philosophical aspect of it. You know, here was somebody that had seen the ills of man, right, you know, and, and worked very actively to remove himself from that, you know, and he became his own. Um, his, his own awareness, you know, um, to say Nirvana, I think he's one of the very, very, very few that ever achieved that. I'll never achieve that. I'm, I still, I'll be, I'll be, have, I'll have these flaws and these attachments to things, but like Buddhism is the idea of non-attachment, you know? Um, so, so the idea therein is that all of these spiritual figures really have the same basic aspect, you know, um, as like to quote, like, you know, Pat the Bunny, uh, you know, I think it was what Johnny Hobo maybe, um, that was like, you know, uh, Jesus Christ was like an anarchist hippie. Like, it's so true because he, he was, you know, he was sought after by the government and like 
you know, and, and, and he had like empathy for human beings, right. Not by, you know, this, this structured form of like what people need to do or, or what they should do. People or what would have called to him gay today. Like it was a bad thing. Well, and I think that, I think that, uh, I think it, it was, boils down it, to, he didn't really do what today's gender roles are. No, but I don't think he just did what what humans do, right? You know what I mean? Like he was able, he, he cast off his own greed. And, and so to go back again, that these spiritual texts are based on that. So anyways, I was, oh, I was on this huge tangent. So um, <laughs> my sister and I are at this like, you know, at this church for this funeral. And like, we're just talking about the idea of how churches, how any kind of, again religion uh, works and in, in the idea of of audio um like like audio manipulation and and visual manipulation and these ideas that like it's it's the same way that cult leaders work i've been enamored by cult leaders since i was a kid like when heaven's gate happened um marshall applewhite was fascinating to me that he got these people to wholeheartedly believe something that may or may not have been true it's not my place to say but like got a group of people to feel that the only way to achieve um the freedoms that they they wanted to have through their own belief system was to kill themselves and kill themselves in a ritualistic manner and uh so so to bring that back to this conversation we were talking about the ideas of mental manipulation brainwashing and how that works in auditory form and visual form and 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 literal form you know literary form um so we started connecting again right and then when my drug use had escalated um she stepped away and then i couldn't handle that you know so uh, it really boils down to like, um, you know, uh, in- intimacy, I lose sight of it very easy. Um, as soon as there's any kind of hiccup and I'm like, well, that's the end of that shit, you know, um, you know, with, with me and my sister having like a great relationship now, like I, I feel comfortable in talking about things with her again, whereas I didn't, you know, um, for a very long time through basically my whole twenties and into my thirties, <clears throat> you know, I, um, I just simply, didn't trust anyone I didn't trust anyone and it's hard for me to trust people now but at least like when I do put that foot forward um and and I, I feel like I'm ready uh you know it, it doesn't I don't say like I handle um any kind of like understanding of like stepping back or like misinterpretation of friendship or relationship or whatever well because I don't <laughs> but like you know I don't I don't handle it as badly anymore I don't go off on some like you know suicidal like self-harming manner because like anorexia was a thing for me self-cutting was a thing for me uh drugs were a thing for me you know everything was all a, a means to an end of death you know um yeah like I said I got as far as coping skills go I mean, like, I feel the emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, like, I, and I, I know, like, I, I kind of know my level of control mm-hmm. uh, that I've, I've worked really hard to get. So, I, uh, like, I know my walls. Mm-hmm. I know where they are. Right. <laughs> I know their function. I know how to get around them. Yeah. Oh yeah, walls are I a know. big thing. I'm really glad that you brought that up. But go ahead. Bro. I can, I, I, but that I do like that's, and it's I, I have a difficult time after you get to a certain wall. Yeah. Because that one, that one, every time somebody's been permitted past it, mm-hmm. there's only been like one per. That's. My brother, Jason, is the only reason that I have to believe 
that I can let somebody know just how fucked up I am. Yeah. Let them see it at its absolute worst, and they won't look at me any differently. Exactly. I know it's possible. Yeah. See, and, and I, I just don't that. trust people, so I have a really fucking hard time letting somebody get through. Because yeah. once they do, I can't. I can't tell you how I'm gonna react if it all falls apart. Right. Well, like, it's been different. It's yeah. been different each time. And for me, it's like I have I have a consistent wall build up. Like it's that shits. I always joke like with with the political shitstorm that's going on that like I have the Trump wall up, right? You know, there's, there's <laughs> turrets on that motherfucker and everything else. So if I perceive that I don't want to let that wall down, like it very much exists. It, like it's it's I don't want that infringed upon. But then if I let somebody over because it's a huge thing for me, it's a big step for me. I don't have the capacity to like let down little parts of it. I dropped that whole thing. Like, I'm like, you're good. Come on. No, that's what I mean. Like yeah. I, I'm learning how to, I, I say I've built a window, mm-hmm. but I've gotten really like, it's Ricky's really, really good about like, when I looked at him and I told him that, no, I really am fucked up in the head diagnosed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I really legitimately am crazy. Yeah. And that's it. So I'll let those walls down. And then if those like, if that like trust is violated inside of said walls, right? Like I'm like fucking mortified and then immediately they go back up and then I have a hard time dropping them again, you know? And whether it's perceived or actual, I don't know, but like, that's how it ends up being. Yeah. And that's the thing is I've gotten kind, I've gotten pretty, pretty good at deciding and figure I've actually figured it out. Cause I've said, no, like I've actually broken it down and like, no, you need to stop and you need to listen to my words. Yeah. And you need to listen carefully Mm -hmm. and then respond and they'll go, okay. And I'll be like, this is how it made me feel. Mm -hmm. This is why it made me feel this way. Right. This is how not to do this again. If you are incapable of that, then we need to have a discussion to figure out how irrational my sin. Yeah. <laughs> because I don't see the point in deciding if I was being extremely, I don't like, I will go. I, it could be completely irrational, but <laughs> you need to turn the toilet paper around the right way. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm so glad you said <laughs> because that. Because if not, like it will become a thing. Yeah. Okay, and I so, don't want it to become a thing. So here's here's my question with that though. How is your what how do you how do you set your toilet paper? I'm so curious right now because I have my own answer to this and I'm I'm like so staunch about it. The square has to be facing me. Okay, so it go it rolls on the outside, right? Like it, it rolls closer Up and to over, the, yeah. yeah. No, 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 I'm completely different. I, I wanted to roll it the other way because, like, I'm like, if I don't, if, if I go to rip it or whatever and it's the other way, then it's just going to, like, spiral out and fucking I'll have, like, nine million people. <laughs> right. and I okay, get so that, pissed. That, but see, that's a legitimate reason. I don't even know why I care. I, I don't, don't either. I don't because, again, like, that's probably not something to get super upset about. But, like, I'm not. No, like, but that's the thing. And the thing is, is, it's not something. It's one of those, like, I can control me. Yeah when it's just me right. because those stupid little triggers yeah i i know how to avoid them yeah yeah so what i'll do is i will flat out say like if you put this right where you have it i am going to run into it at some point yeah. and it's 
going to piss me off and then either it's going to get accidentally broken because I ran into it or I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to throw it across the fucking room and it's going to hit the wall and it's going to shatter. So if it's precious to you, you might want to move it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's... Like, I won't be able to control what happens. I'm just telling you that it, it's a good possibility. Well, and to go back to, to intimacy with that, like, I'll be so scared to even have that conversation. I'll just be like, I'll jokingly be like, hey, you know, uh, there's kind of, this whole thing's in the way. And, like, I definitely tripped on it. But, I, like, downplay the shit out of it, you know, because I don't want to sound like a crazy person. Because I'm a crazy person. I'm aware that I'm a crazy person. Until right. I'm actually right. And I, I always do it gently first. Yeah. So, what so like, at first, I'll just be like, you know, this is kind of like a thing. Mm-hmm. It bothers me. Could you... Could we talk about this? Like, yeah. See, and I just like, I will bring it up. Yeah, I I'll will just, bring it up. I will, but in a, like a joking manner, and I, and I'm not like, oh, I'm uncomfortable. I'll just joke about it, and then what happens is if it keeps happening because I'm not straightforward enough to be like, hey, this is this, this is uh, something that makes me uncomfortable or something that I have problems with, like emotionally, then it goes from like I'm joking, and then I'm like I'm, I'm like frustrated, right? I'm like, how the fuck aren't they getting this right? And then it turns into a whole fucking crazy thing. Oh, and I'm an it asshole. does. That that was that's how that's that's how a lot of my uh, marriage ended up being because like Robert didn't he didn't um, care when he triggered me. In fact, he kind of. I, I, I saw entertain. I, it was my perspective that he got a lot of entertainment. Yeah, yeah. From pushing my damn buttons. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because how many times can I ask you to stop doing something because this is what happens right. when you do it before you stop doing what I asked you to stop doing? Yeah. Or like, the, like on the... A big thing, like, here is one. This is an example of something that wasn't a big issue until it became a fucking issue. Mm-hmm. Like, clean up your mess on the counter. Right. Like, just, you spilled coffee on the damn counter. It's right next to the sink. The sink has a sponge. Yeah. Two seconds. Oh, my God. I did that with, like, rinsing dishes with, with uh my ex-wife the second time we got back together and, and I was just like, just rinse your dishes. Like, how is yeah, this I know, problem? and it becomes this big oh. thing and she gets broken. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for me, I'll just she be gets like, broken. I'll just I'll passively, aggressively bitch about it. You know? Yeah, or I'll do that. It'll depend. Yeah. But, it, I mean, like, it really just matters. For me, I like, I go into rage. So, like, yeah. I will go head-to-head, toe-to-toe. Like, I was the, I was the only girl. Yeah. Until I was 14, I was the only girl. And until I was in my 20s, the other girl was a baby and a little girl. Yeah. Like, she's my baby girl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I, there was no way I was, I was already raised. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, like, problem. I, oh, yeah. I was, but I was a jock because I had my brothers. So I mean, like yeah. Jason was in sports. I have to be in sports. Yeah. Like it was one of the, and I was, I was a tomboy and I, like, I would, I would make myself go to practice and like, I would exert all the energy. And mm-hmm. like, I, I had, I at one point had a punching bag. My mm-hmm. mom finally broke down and got me a punching bag. Cause I would put holes through the walls. Yeah. What's well, so, funny. I mean, like, I and I let people know this and I I am an alpha so it's not yeah. difficult for me to tell you. Yeah. Um, 
because I don't recede when I get anxious. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't hide in my corner. I will hide in my corner to avoid an outburst or like I will to avoid rage. I will. I can feel it. I know. So like I will hide instead. Like I just if I'm not around people, then I can yell if I need to (laughs) (laughs) to worry about it. Like if something pisses me off, um, because everything will piss me off at some point today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just how it is. But, like, I, I will. I will just tell somebody. Like, I I will look at Ricky and be like, this is, this is how I feel about this. I don't know why. Yeah. This is how I feel right now. Well, what's funny With is, my... like. Um, oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. So, so what's funny is that, like, um. I'd really never believed like, I was an angry person forever. Right. You know? Um, and, and so um, what I've noticed since like getting clean is I'm one angry fucking human being. Right. So and the thing I, is, is I'm not. Yeah. Well, it's, I'm that, I, it's really that I not. go to anger. It's that I go to anger. I think that's my point. It's but like before it was like sadness. And then I just like, instead of like being like immediately like, I'll go through depression, but it's usually because I, like, I don't talk about shit. But ultimately it's like, because I feel hurt. So I get pissed off and I, and I don't have that like means of um, what I'm used to my whole life of like using some kind of chemical sedative to like calm down. Right. You know, and so where I believed I was just somebody that was sad all the time or then and, and to look back, I'm like, no, I was definitely had anger issues. It's just that it wasn't like physical. It was that I was verbally very yeah, mean. See, I do have I do have um, a rage disorder. But the thing is, is I don't feel angry. Yeah. Like it's it's one of those like I quite literally I just snap and it just. Mm it just happens and like i i'm watching myself do these things whether it be throwing stuff or punching someone in the face or whatever it's a physical reaction it's not a it's not a decision that mm-hmm. i've made it is i really want you to shut the fuck up right now and yeah. listen to reason mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not and it's not making sense to me. And that makes me react physically. Like, it doesn't piss me off. I, in mm-hmm. fact, I, the, I, I will sooner laugh while I'm punching you in the face than anything yeah. else. Like, I will laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it, it freaks me out. So I try to avoid that if I can. So if, right. something, if something, like, triggers my anxiety, whatever the cause may be, mm-hmm. if I don't know or I don't think about it and it happens and you ask me, I will tell you I'm just really anxious. I'm sorry. I don't know why that triggered me, but it did, and I just need a minute. And see, and that's what makes intimacy hard, like, at least for me with, like, mental illness and with certain mechanisms of how I dealt with stress without like talking about it. Um, it's because like, I rely on things other than other people. Um, something that you had said, and I, 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 I've said the same shit and I end up, you know, um, try to say it a little less now as I remember having this conversation with my mom, like 
uh, early last year before I got clean that I was like, if people would just do what the fuck I thought, like, like if people would just like leave me alone and do what, what, what I keep telling them to do, like the world would be fucking fine. <laughs> and like how <laughs> well, that... incredibly egocentric that is, you know, and that's well, it is, it is. But the thing is, is, I don't even expect you to change your behavior. All I'm saying is what you just did made me feel a certain way yeah. and we need to figure it out. Right. This is the idea that I have. Naturally, it's going to be something that you can change. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's it. It's like, I won't address it like directly, but then when it's not changing, I'm like, well, what the fuck I told you? And like, you know, not saying that because of course I, I wait till those blow ups and I use a lot of metaphor and allegory and I just go off in some weird poetic diatribe <laughs> that makes no sense to anyone but myself. Um, and I feel so, and I always, I constantly say that I feel bad for Ricky. Oh, I feel bad for anybody that deals with me on a daily basis. <laughs> I feel terrible for Ricky. And I, I say that I feel terrible for him because, like, I will. Like, he, I went to go see him the one time and he was like, are you mad at me? And I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, why would I be mad at you? Like, you're the best thing I've seen all day. And I really just kind of want to hug you. And, like, we're in a public place. Yeah. So, like, I know that you don't. You're not big on the whole PDA thing. So, like, I can't just yeah. run up and hug you. So, I don't know what to do. I'm sorry if I looked like I was angry, but I'm not. I'm really just anxious. So, yeah. I got a hug out of it. So, that was cool. You know what I mean? Like, I've, I've gotten really, really fortunate. And I kind of told him how to love me. And I feel mm. like if I tell you how to love me and you don't love me that way, then I don't feel as bad when things go south. Right. If I don't tell you, you can't know. And if you don't know, I can't expect you to change it. Right. So I think that, you know. Um, Robert taught me that, by yeah. the way. My husband, he taught yeah. me that. I, I think in the end, like, um, you know, it's it's these things that as long as, like, I, I've slowly seen, and I, and I lose sight of it again. I, it's when I'm baseline, I can see sight of this, that if I can, like, do, like, one less of those crazy things, like, even just one, and maybe sometimes none, you know, um, I've made progress, you know, or at least being aware of it as progress. And that, like, oh, it absolutely change, is. you know, it, it absolutely is. And that's what I was saying is it was I didn't have an outlet to yeah. take away from it. But I had my brother who was helping me learn how to cope with it. Yeah, and that's it. I didn't. So, like, I'm learning. That's now, what I mean. Like, so. I, I, I recognize. Yeah. How I do. I recognize how fortunate that I am to have had that, and it, it really did. Like, there was actual times where he sat down and he was like, "Just because you can kick his ass, mm -hmm. doesn't mean he needs to have it shoved in his face." Yeah. And, and like, I so went, okay. So I mean, like, I took all those teenage lessons. Mm -hmm. in adulthood yeah. with me so like it was easier for me to like relate certain situations mm -hmm. and and some of the stuff that some of the the advice that my brother gave me when I was a teenage girl has morphed into what I would consider a fair I've been told that they I had somebody um I didn't I didn't mention to you but I I've mentioned um, in previous episodes where I had somebody actually say, I didn't know that you had a mental illness because you're so functional. 
I've had God, I have that said to me a lot. Um, and I'm sitting there going like, really? Because I feel like my brain's gonna explode. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's like when they don't, when people don't see that on like a face level. And again, that'll that's what'll make me not trust people. And that's where like I get caught up on the context of what intimacy is, or 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 if I can allow that into my life, is that like they're like, what? But you're fine, and I'm like. But no, no, in fact, I am not. I'm far from right. fine, you know, like, because if, if it's looked at at the face value, it's like I, um, the great adage of, of something uh, um, somebody I lived with for a while, uh, he and I would talk about is that like, with a physical disability, um, that's apparent, you can see that. Um, and so people are like, Oh, okay, so this this person has struggles. But like, you know, somebody that even has like a physical ailment that you don't physically see there's no physical abnormality that exists and people are like well, it, that's it, not problem it does go it goes unnoticed yeah so like like with mental illness is absolutely that way because if people see you in that baseline um people see me in that baseline and they're like well but you do function and i'm like well yeah maybe i do for a little bit and then i have this like catastrophic uh yeah like i have breakdown. a really hard time i have a really hard time functioning in society right and so it takes everything out of me yeah. And so, so to do it I for like one to, day. Yeah. And <laughs> like, so for, for me, for like 33 years of experience, right. You know, and I, I'll go ahead and I'll drop that down to 25, you know, like when I started really dealing with uh, mental Ill- issues, um, yeah. you know, to, 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 to take that wealth of knowledge of what I've learned and what I'm continuing to learn and talk to other people that are struggling in that same capacity, those same introverted weirdos that are no different than myself, that feel ostracized from society, that feel like they can't acclimate to a world that seems so foreign, so, so uh, it, it becomes feeling alienated all the time, right? And, do, that and that's exactly exactly why i want uh, uh that's exactly why i wanted to start the group to go with the podcast yeah i was gonna say maybe you should mention that um, um you know, it's associated like- press because of the fact that you and i both are um, associate hard <laughs> we have dissociative yeah. issues yeah. And it, it really is a thing of bpd and that i mean like mm-hmm. it makes sense and we're we're about we're we're running on a long episode here so yeah um, i know i figured we should probably wrap this up it's been yeah, a minute i was gonna <clears throat> say um we'll go ahead and use this as a, to this time to just say we'll pick up here <laughs> next yeah. we'll, we'll pick up with relationships again next week yeah because um, we have the, that hallmark holiday coming up yeah <laughs> yeah uh, i'm gonna spend in bed <laughs> CD days right around the corner. Yes, yes, um, in fact, it is. The Tinder life will be strong that evening. Oh, everybody. it will, it and, will. And I'll uh, be in bed listening to sad music and go to bed. <laughs> I, I don't even want, I'll probably go to the gym because nobody else will be there. Oh, dude, <laughs> I've been so stuck on that. This Connor Rovers like drop that came out of nowhere like, like last week with uh, Phoebe Bridgers. And dude, her voice is like stupid good. So I'm like really stuck on that right now. I'll probably just listen to Phoebe Bridgers and be sad for a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, we should wrap this up. So I look forward to doing this again, man. Like I, I, I think it's, I think it's fun. So it's cool. To I, talk I'm, about I'm really loving how, um, how smoothly everything kind of flows. Absolutely. All things considered with like a cross country uh connection you know (laughs) yeah and like i said it's i mean with time quality is a a thing but i oh 
Dissociated Press. Um, yeah. It's on Facebook. Go ahead and click the join. Um, don't be a dick or you get banned. Right. <laughs> it's really all it is. Uh, outside of that, um, we're both on all of the social media platforms and this yeah, and I'm, the other. I'm going to try to, you know, do better with uh, Twitter instead of sending that like ball sack face of Donald Trump at the back of that, uh, like pig or dog or whatever it is, man. You know? Instead of, oh. de- instead of posting that every day, I'm going to go ahead and try to use it for Jitney things. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I guess we'll just, uh, we'll see you next Tuesday. Yeah. I'll see you then. <laughs>